Palm Sunday, the day Jesus rode into Jerusalem knowing that the week ahead held pain and death. He also knew that his death would lead to life for many. We often think of Jesus as God incarnate, but did you ever stop to think about what it was like for the fully human Jesus to ride in that day knowing what lay ahead? Welcome to Sermons for a Critical Faith, a ministry of First Presbyterian Church where faith is nurtured, curiosity encouraged, diversity welcomed, and all are loved. If you are in the Lincoln area, come visit us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And if you'd like to know more about our church, visit fpclincoln.org and click I'm New. Now let's hear the traditional Palm Sunday story of Jesus entering Jerusalem and a sermon by the Reverend Dr. Sue Collar. Listen for the word of God for us today from Luke 19. When Jesus had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why are you untying it, just say this, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, the owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. A word of God that is still speaking. So who doesn't love a parade? We love Palm Sunday, we love singing about it, we love waving our, our palm branches here. Previous years, we've had kids circling the sanctuary, waving palms as they sang. They sang their favorite song, The Little Gray Donkey. We sing in celebration of a great parade and Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But rarely do we really speak about what comes next, which is not surprising. We all carry a lot of stress in our lives. We all have a lot of burdens that we carry. We we need a day to laugh, we need a day to just have a good parade, we need a day to celebrate, and not think about what's coming next. 
There's nothing wrong with celebrating. Jesus shows us what God's word is like in contrast to the world as we know it. Jesus rides into Jerusalem from the east on a donkey, a symbol of humility, a symbol of peace, while Pilate rides into Jerusalem from the west on his mighty white war horse, accompanied by wagons full of riches and displays of might and power and status. Professor Amy Jill Levine notes that the Gospel of Luke lays the foundation for this conflict that Palm Sunday, the Palm Sunday parade kind of lifts up way back at the, in Jesus' birth. If you remember your Christmas stories, we don't often talk about them at this time of year, but if you remember your Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke, Luke tells us that when Jesus was born, there was a census. And a census had one purpose and one purpose only, to count the citizens so they could be taxed for the benefit of the empire. That's why Rome took a census. While at the same time, in a forgotten stable, a child was born, whose divine economy was, forgive us our debts, as we forgive those indebted to us. Two different kingdoms, in Jesus' birth and on Palm Sunday. On the east side of Jerusalem, where Jesus was entering in, it was not the rich and famous who came to cheer Jesus. It was the poor and the outcast. It was the ones on the margin, the forgotten ones, the overlooked ones, the trampled down ones. They had recognized in Jesus the one who would fulfill their hopes, the hopes that Jesus' mother sang about when he was born, that Jesus embraced when he began his public ministry. He was the one anointed by God to bring God's good news to the world, to proclaim release, uh, release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and declare the year of the Lord's favor, that day when all debts were canceled and everyone had what they needed and no one lived in want or fear. That's what Jesus represented to them. And so when he came into Jerusalem, the seat of Roman power and the seat of the religious power, all those who had hoped for this day had gathered there to celebrate. Jesus was literally hope riding on a donkey. Of course, we know, because we know the story, that very soon after this day, Jesus would die on a cross. But no fear, that's just a blip in the story. For we will, be, we will be back next week celebrating Jesus' resurrection from the dead. His death. It's just a momentary thing. And we are back to celebrating hope. We know the rest of the story. We know that even though in the days to come Jesus would suffer and die, God will raise him up. Forever breaking the power of death to hold us captive. Forever declaring that we don't have to be slaves to the ways of the world that privileges some and oppresses others. We know that what was hoped for 2,000 years ago, God's reign has broken into this world. Jesus has shown us how to live in that world even now. So yes, today's a day to celebrate. It's a day to sing. It's a day for a parade. 
but do not run too quickly from the parade to the empty tomb and Easter because the one riding on the donkey was not just the embodiments of hope for the world. He was a human being. I found myself thinking about that this week and what this next week held for Jesus. Yes, it's Palm Sunday. We acknowledge Jesus is going to die. We acknowledge the week ahead is going to be difficult, but we also proclaim he is risen. We know what comes next because this one who was and is God with us is still God with us. So yeah, we like to think about what comes after the parade, but I found myself turning that phrase just a little bit from thinking about what comes after the parade to what this parade comes before. This parade comes before just before Jesus wept over Jerusalem, looking out over that city and saying, if only you had recognized God among you, what's going to happen for you and for me could have been avoided. This parade came just before Jesus gathered his disciples, his friends, for a meal and spoke of his death and his sacrifice. And he had to listen to them argue over who was greatest. This joyful parade came just before Jesus went to the garden to pray, taking three of his closest friends for support. He poured out his soul in agony, and he comes back to find his friends got tired and they went to sleep. This came just before Peter denied him, just before Judas betrayed him, just before his friends abandoned him as he hung on a cross. The one sitting on the donkey was not just God with us. He was a human being. We sometimes forget that when we get to this part of his story. And he was perhaps more alone in this week to come than at any other time in his life. In fact, the word loneliness for me, as I read through the stories again this week, really summed up what it must have been like for Jesus. I mean, time after time, he gathered with his friends. He tried to draw strength from them to face what was coming. And time after time, they abandoned him. They fell asleep. They wandered away. They didn't want to acknowledge what was coming. So when he talked about it, they changed the subject. They didn't see or didn't want to see the anguish in his eyes. They missed the deep love he had for them, mixed with the pain of knowing what was to come as he shared his one last meal with them. And they literally, literally left him to prepare for his death alone. Now let me say there's no doubt in my mind that Luke's intent in telling this story of this Palm Sunday parade was not to talk about Jesus' loneliness. Luke was more interested in the theological message of God's kingdom in contrast to the kingdoms to come, or the kingdoms of the world. But nevertheless, I found myself continually going back to this thread that weaves through this entirety of Jesus' life, or Jesus' last week. So when I look at this Palm Sunday parade, I see people gathered along the parade route, lining the route with their coats, their own version of the red carpet. By the way, there were no palm branches in Luke's gospel there. They were celebrating hope, and they needed hope. They were celebrating the promise of, of freedom from burdens and freedom from oppression, and they needed that. They didn't know what was to come. 
They just saw in Jesus the hope that they longed for. And the Pharisees were there. And they were upset at the commotion that all these people who gathered were making. They might have been worried that such a commotion would spark trouble with the Romans. It was kind of a fragile peace that Jews had with Romans at that time. But we also know the Pharisees were generally not Jesus' greatest fans. And so they seemed to see him as an upstart preacher, upsetting the orderly practice of faith. And they simply wanted him to go away. Whatever was behind it, they wanted everybody to be quiet. So they tell Jesus, could you just kind of quiet it down? You could tell your followers just to, you know, tone it down a little bit. And Jesus said, even if they did, the very stones would cry out. Those stones lining the path into Jerusalem had seen centuries of bloodshed as nations and even families battled for control over Jerusalem. Those battles still haven't ended. Those stones that Jesus talked about had seen one military leader after another parading into the city and instilling fear in people. Those stones had witnessed the poor begging for food just so they can survive. And those stones had witnessed the cruelty and indifference of good people to the human need before them. Those stones underfoot had seen the worst of humanity and the heartbreak of humanity. Even if the people were silent, even if no one was there to walk with him as he walked into that week, the stones themselves would bear witness with him. Holy Week invites us to ask the question, how do we bear witness for others and with others? How do we show up for others? Do we even notice what someone else is going through? Nobody wanted to see what Jesus was going through, and so they kept closing their eyes and changing the subject and walking away and falling asleep. Do we notice what the human beings around us are dealing with? Do we notice the burdens they are carrying? Or are we oblivious to them because we don't want to be bothered? Or because we're dealing with our own issues? This past week, had two, I had two events happen that highlighted some of the blindness in my own self. And it caused me to reflect on how unaware I was of the burdens that others carry. I was being, um, going through a training process. I'm being trained to be a trainer of facilitators for moral injury groups. They're starting a certificate program and asking those of us who've been doing this for a while to help. So, so I was being trained to train others. And in one of the sessions, one of the, the persons said something that they thought was a compliment but was in reality a microaggression, a seemingly small thing that emphasized that someone else was other. They're really not part of us. They're, they're set aside. They're different. Another commented on the anxiety 
she felt on January 6th, trying to get from her office back to her home before the curfew kicked in. And showing up at the train station to get on her usual train to go home and finding a full of big guys wearing mega hats, which to us may not be a huge deal, but it is if you're Asian American. And she noticed herself and others like her not wanting to get on that train, and they waited until an empty one came along. And as they, we were talking about these microaggressions and, and this friend's experience, I realized that I, you know, I was just totally oblivious. It never occurred to me that my friend who was Asian American in Washington, D.C. on January 6th would have been afraid. It just never entered my mind because I walk a different path than she does. When I was in college, I had two very close groups of friends, and uh, both of them were wonderfully diverse. Uh, white people were not the majority in either one of them. It was a wonderful sprinkling of, of people of different colors and different backgrounds and even different, different countries. But I realized as we were having this conversation about microaggressions, it's like it never occurred to me 40 years ago that my friends who are black or Hispanic or Asian had any different experience walking down the street than I did, even if we were walking together just never even entered my mind. I did not see the microaggressions that they dealt with every day. I was oblivious to the exhaustion that I've learned many of them felt, being sometimes the only person of color in a classroom. And so I blissfully went through those years not even assuming that those bur their burdens were no different than mine. I their reality wasn't even on my radar. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think back to that crowd who had gathered there on that Palm Sunday. They had no idea of the burdens Jesus was carrying or how lonely that week was going to be for him. I think about Jesus' disciples who should have had a little bit more clue than they seem to have believed they did. But I, nonetheless, I think about them and think about how they didn't want to acknowledge that Jesus experience was going to be different. And I think sometimes we do that too. We put on blinders. We just don't want to see. And so thinking about Palm Sunday and that moment and the fact that this wasn't just God incarnate riding into Jerusalem. This was a human being. We say that about Jesus. Fully God, fully human. And what was it like for him? How do we train ourselves to pay attention to other people? especially those we idolize or those we um, look, at a role, at, look at as a role model or a hero? How do we train ourselves to notice the burdens that they carry? Are we listening to the words they say? Are we noticing sadness or if they seem tired or stressed? Are we being curious enough and caring enough not just to ask how they're doing, because let's be honest, what's our answer? I'm fine. Yeah, we do, it's what we do. Are we willing to ask the deeper questions to say, you seem quiet today? And give them space to respond. You know, we're so good at hiding what's going on as if we're the only one or because we don't want to be a burden or because we're embarrassed, or fill in your own blank. We're so good at hiding 
the burdens we're carrying. And yet God never intended us to carry the weight of the world all by ourselves. We were made for community. We were made to be there for each other. And it begins not with someone asking for help, but with us noticing when help is needed. How are we showing up for Jesus in the face of others? How are we showing up for the people around us? None of us are immune from loneliness or heartaches or grief or anxiety or struggle. Like the stones on the parade route, we can speak out of experiences that we've had and things we have seen. And we can bring those experiences to the conversation and show up for someone. We can let them know they're not alone. Those of you who've dealt with cancer, you're able to be there for someone in a way I never can. I've never been through that. Even if I've had family go through it, it's not the same thing. Your stones give you a voice that I don't have. Now, your journey will not be the same as someone else's. Everybody's journey is different. But you'll be able to draw on things in your own experience to let them know they are not alone. Those of you who've lost a spouse, again, everybody's journey through grief is different. But you've been on a journey. And you'll be able to recognize stages that those who have not endured that kind of a loss can't quite get. Show up for them. They need you. As I think of Jesus last week, his friends were willfully or not oblivious to what he was trying to share with them. They denied him. They abandoned him. They fell asleep. How might Jesus' own experience that week have been different if his friends had shown up for him? It wouldn't have changed the outcome, but it would have changed the journey. I love Palm Sunday. I love the parade. But this year, when we're all tired and exhausted and stretched to our limits, it makes me more aware than ever that every single one of us is carrying a burden that others simply don't see. How can we be there for each other? It's what it means to be part of the body of Christ. But I'm also aware as I said, each of us is carrying our own burden. Are you willing to share your burden with someone else? Jesus tried. His disciples weren't able to be there with him, but he tried. Are you willing to share your burden with someone else? Or do you hide it under false gaiety, false bravado, so that no one knows you're struggling or grieving or lonely? Do you cover it with the trappings of a parade and pretend all is well and you've got it all under control? Or will you put aside that image of perfection and let someone really see you and be there for you? It's a hard thing for most of us. But again, it's what it means to be part of the body of Christ. This is a safe place to let people see. Give them a chance to show up for you. To hear the stones who have seen it all before cry out for you 
God knows the burden you carry. God knows the pain you hide. God knows. Will you at least let God show up for you? Even if he won't let anybody else. But as much as we love the fact that God is there for us, let's be honest, there is something to be said for having another human being show up for us. Again, I find myself wondering, how much strength would Jesus have drawn from his friends when he prayed in the garden had his friends simply stayed awake with him? It's a gift to have someone stay awake with us. And it's a gift to stay awake with a friend. I invite you to think about this Palm Sunday differently than maybe you ever have before. We see a God riding in on a donkey, about to accomplish the greatest thing in the world, freedom and joy and life for all people. How does your experience of this day change when you see Jesus not as a God, not as an exceptional role model, but as a simple human being wrestling with the same emotions, the same fears, and the same loneliness that you do? Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, fully God and yet wonderfully fully human, open our eyes to see beneath the surface. Help us to show up for each other. And may we set aside our fears of not being good enough so that we can allow others to show up for us. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can access all of our previous episodes on Anchor or your favorite source for podcasts. Find out more about us at fpclincoln.org or join us on Facebook.